Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts myself Rory Petrie in England and Mark Broadhurst in Germany. Uh, We're back uh, after another action-packed weekend of Bundesliga action. Uh, We've had a Der Klassiker, we've had lots of uh, interesting games, we've had a relegation six-pointer uh, on the Friday as well, so lots to get into, um, and for me to show off my new uh, RB top as well. Uh, I'm not an RB fan, just to clarify, um, but I like their strip, to be honest. So I've been, I've been dining out on some Bundesliga tops of late as well, so I'll try and show off some of them in uh, in the next few weeks. But as RB one, why not put them on? I mean, I would wear the Man United top. After their fantastic win today, but we'll not mention that. We'll not mention that. We'll move on. We'll talk about Bundesliga instead. Um, so, if you guys haven't subscribed already to the show, uh, please do so. Click that big red button and uh, and help us along our journey. Uh, if if you do watch the show and you're a regular, uh, spread the word by all means. Help us. Um, if you're liking tweets, retweet, share on on Facebook or whatever you can do. Recommend the show. Uh, Obviously, we really, really enjoy our regular viewers getting involved. So if you're new to the channel, get involved as well. Um, so as per usual, we'll head over to Mark uh, right now uh, for Mark's mystery anagram. So he'll take us through the answer of last week's and, of course, reveal the new one for this week. So, Mark, over to you. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what's worse there, Rory, Man United or RB Leipzig <laughs> in the eyes of the German people. Yeah. <laughs> I just like yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, I, yeah, I like you, really. Trust me, I like you, but I know most Germans don't like you. But yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So over to Mark's mystery anagram for this week. So yeah. So let's start by recapping last week's uh, Mark's Mystery Anagram, which, as you can see on the bottom of your screen, was Enable Oily. And I'm pleased to say that we did actually have someone who got it correct this week, and it was our very own OTB editor, uh, Paul McGarrigy. So congratulations to you. And it was indeed Leon Bailey. So, yeah, it was Leverkusen's excellent wide forward Leon Bailey. Um, yeah, so congratulations to you, Paul. Maybe we'll see him at Man City in a year or two. Who knows? So, yeah, I'm going to stick your name on the screen as well. There we go. Paul from OTB. Yeah, so congratulations, Paul. Yeah, bravo, bravo. You're the first one to get it correct in a few weeks, actually, as well. So, yeah, well, fair play for that. So let's have a look at uh, the week 24 um, anagram now, which, as you can see on the bottom of your screen, is... Richer fuss, richer fuss. So it is two words, R-I-C-H-E-R, then the second word, fuss, F-U-S-S. So remember, if you're listening at home, um, yeah, make sure to comment on our YouTube channel. We respect any answers, even if it's just completely wrong and you know, you're 100% sure it's wrong. We appreciate the efforts and we really enjoy um we want to know our fans and we want to know our watchers so remember to comment even if it's nothing to do with the anagram comment anyway so yeah it's um about anything really and obviously on our prediction show as well which will come later so yeah just make sure you're interacting with us as much as possible on that so remember it has to be a player a manager slash coach or a club from the top tier of the bundesliga 
So enjoy, have some fun. If you're listening on the podcast, just make sure you're interacting with us as much as possible. Uh, yeah, great stuff. So let's have a look now at the results for what's becoming the title race and the relegation race is really, really starting to hot up now. So it's been another really, really big weekend of action. So let's have a look at what the results were for week 24 of this season. So starting on Friday night, we build this game up to be a real big six point that it was the last chance saloon for Schalke. But I mean, to be honest, it was a dire game. Yeah, I was looking forward to this one on Friday night and I was disappointed. Finishing a nil-nil board draw. I think we can both admit that. Moving on to Saturday, another perhaps slightly disappointing game, which resulted in a big one-nil away win for Leverkusen in Gladbach against really ailing Gladbach at the minute, who've dropped into the bottom half of the table now, incredibly. Then we had a, a one-all draw between Frankfurt and Stuttgart. Uh, we had, a, for me, a very impressive 3-0 win for Leipzig, a very professional 3-0 win away in Freiburg for RB Leipzig. Then we had a 2-1 win for Hertha Berlin, the first win in 11 games for Hertha at home to Augsburg. We had an excellent 2-1 win for, for now in fast-improving Hoffenheim at home against high-flying Wolfsburg, their first defeat in uh, 12 games as well, that was for Wolfsburg. Then it was Der Klassiker, and that one didn't disappoint. A fantastic come-from-behind 4-2 win for Bayern Munich over Dortmund. Fantastic game of football, our chances at both ends. Then we mentioned that it was a relegation Sunday, really, didn't we? The focus was more on the relegation. And to be honest, it was two slightly disappointing games. We had the one-all draw between FC Cologne and Werder Bremen. And then a nil-nil draw in Frank Kramer's first game in charge for Bielefeld at home to Union Berlin ended goalless. So that's the scores on the doors for week 24. So let's get down to the analysis. So obviously we start with OTB's featured four, which is mine and Rory's big four games of the week. And this week we're going to focus mostly on the top four slash title race. So let's have a look at uh, some of the games. So obviously there's no better place to start this week than Der Klassica. It almost never disappoints this game. One of my, probably one of my favourite games in the European calendar every season. And it ended in a 4-2 win for Bayern Munich against Borussia Dortmund. But I mean, that the scoreline doesn't tell the full story at all in this game, does it, Rory? What did you make of that one? Uh, no, it doesn't tell the full story, not at all. Uh, it was a very, very entertaining game to watch, uh, as I think we could have quite easily predicted. Uh, two teams that uh, love to attack and two teams that love to concede goals as well uh, at, at the moment, certainly this season anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly a bit of a shock, well, a big shock, uh, how quickly Dortmund came out of the blocks uh, led after 74 seconds, thanks to uh, the man himself, Hurling Haaland. Um, obviously, a bit of slight deflection on the first goal, but great, great strength and composure to hit that. And then he's he's on on the end of the second goal, um, in the right place at the right time, getting on uh, Thorgan Hazard's cutback. So yeah, Dortmund are in dreamland. Um, excellent start. Certainly, had buying on the ropes, and it was a really impressive start. Um, from the BVB. Um, however, uh, the inevitable kind of feel of the game started to change. Um, there certainly was one 
really big moment in the game, which sometimes kind of gets skipped over um, in the analysis and things like that. I want to mention is when Dortmund had a break um, at still 2-0 uh, and Mounier has a great opportunity to either shoot or put the ball on the plate for, for a Haaland, who I think is the player who is in the box. Um, if they get that right, it's 3-0. And then, I mean, that, that's a real mountain to climb for Bayern. Um, but he gets the he gets it wrong, and obviously they they end up defending it uh, and clearing it by, and, and then and then the the comeback starts um, with the inevitable Robert Lewandowski uh, again on the end of uh, a bit of good work from Sane. I'm sure it's a shot, um, but obviously you know he, he gets on the end of it, and then the penalty. Um, obviously, at first it kind of gets um, ignored by the referee. At first view, to be fair, I, I thought it was a bit, a bit of nothing as well. But replays did show um, that Dahoud, who's been one of the form players for Dortmund, ironically, um, ends up being the villain in this circumstance because just before halftime, as always, Bayern get a crucial goal. Um, it, I mean, it's just a killer, isn't it? For for any team. Um, you know, you've got to try and hold a lead against Bayern going into half time. They're 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 a tricky enough beast to to hold off for you know that long. You're not helping yourselves, unfortunately, by conceding so late on in the half. And then, yeah, and then so the second half was a bit of a a stalemate, give or take, until around the hour mark, where I think obviously those those of you who did watch the game will know that Harlan was brought off. And there were suggestions that Harlan had maybe got a knock, but in reality, it always seemed like the plan was by Terzic to bring him off on 60 minutes because of their upcoming Champions League game. Um, and then after this point, it's just Dortmund don't have a focal point to hit. It's just wave after wave after wave. And on 87 minutes, it kind of looks like the game will fizzle out, fizzle out to a 2-2 draw and Dortmund would have taken that all day long considering the pattern of play. Across is not really quite dealt with properly and there, and there is the excellent Goretzka to volley home to, to win the game effectively. Um, and then Lewandowski decides to have his own stamp on the on the game. He said he's not letting Goretzka have the joy, not, having, not letting him uh, have all the credit goes and completes his hat-tricks with a hat-trick with a fine strike to make it 4-2 uh, and ruin my correct score for the prediction as well, annoyingly enough. Um, so, yeah, the complete comeback in the end. So, yeah, for, from my point of view, Dortmund did not help themselves. 2-0 um, up, they're in dreamland. I don't think they managed the game very well. Um, and then the killer blow of, of taking your best players off on 60. Royce came off as well, who I actually thought was playing a good game as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it's clear that the manager has targeted this particular game and thought, I have to rest players in this game in Der Klassiker. He's obviously played a full-strength team in in the Pokal and they had, you know, they got through that. And then they've got Sevilla in a big game coming up. So that's three back-to-back -back games. Um, and he's obviously targeted this one to rest players. And so they've been punished accordingly, uh, from my point of view. Um, they got what they deserved by resting players and taking players off. Uh, no Sancho or Guerrero, which um, obviously they had knocks, but could they have played some part? Who knows? 
Um, so, yeah, a crazy game. But in the end, I think you have to say fair play to Bayern. It was a fine comeback. Yeah, I think for me, like, I mean, I don't want to be too critical over Edin Terzic there. But for me, this is just... This is Borussia Dortmund we're talking about. Do you know what I mean? We're not talking about Mainz or Freiburg here. We're talking about Borussia Dortmund. And at the end of the day, for me, what chance have they got of winning the Champions League, really, Rory? Do you know what I mean? I mean, they need to get in that top four. For me, this was arguably bigger than the games against Gladbach and against uh, Sevilla in midweek, I would say. Because mm -hmm. if you're looking forward... I mean, I understand that the young lad, he wants to win a trophy, do you know what I mean? And they've not won a trophy for a while, but I mean, not, after Leverkusen won, uh, but obviously Wolfsburg lost and Frankfurt drew, that should have been like, you know, we've got a chance here now, you know, yeah. we've got a chance to close the gap. Some of those sides are going to start getting nervous. We've seen Leverkusen very up and down in recent weeks. They've got, if they win this game, and Bayern were there for the taking, as we saw in the first 10, 20 minutes, you know, they were there for the taking. For me, it's just, it's a lack of ambition at times from Dortmund, you know, it's just, it's, and if I were a fan, I'd be fuming, to be honest with you. I mean, as you mentioned, that there was poor game management, and this is something we've seen from Borussia Dortmund for a long time now. I mean, a stupid tackle from Dahoud at the end of the day. I mean, that's just totally unnecessary, isn't it? He catches mm -hmm. him literally 10 centimetres inside the box. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it's just so careless, really, that it is poor game management, and I'm not sure how much you can blame him for that. But then, obviously, taking off the key players as well, as well as resting Guerrero and Sancho. I mean, he's left out on the pitch for that last half an hour with like a B team, pretty much, you know. And it's just, you're playing Bayern Munich. It's just, I mean, if, if anything else, as the arch rivals, well, yeah, someone would say that Schalke's a bigger rivalry, but others now would say that Bayern's an even bigger rival than them. You, it was a good chance to hit them in the title race as much as anything, you know. Even if they could have clung on for a point, it would have been a massive blow to Bayern's title hopes. And I mean, I mean, I understand that Dortmund have got bigger ambitions and stopping other teams from winning trophies. But still, I mean, this is just so disappointing from Dortmund for me. And I, they, I, to see them play so well, I mean, that second goal was a beautiful goal. You know, Hazard back in the team, Thorgan Hazard, who'd been really good as well for me for before he got the injury. And it's, it's a really nice goal, that second goal. You can see what this Dortmund side can do. But I mean... I don't know. It's so disappointing that for me. And it's a massive uh, hit for Bayern in the title race. And they're going to feel like invincible now, really, for me. Because they would have been really worried at 2-0 down. They'd have been thinking, you know, Haaland on the kind of form he is. We're good. They'd have been thinking, we're probably going to lose this game at 2-0 down. You know, there's a high chance. And obviously, with Leipzig's win, which we'll talk about now, mm -hmm. it would have put them in second going into the last 10 games. But yeah, it's a massive win for Bayern Munich. And again, you have got to give credit to Bayern. And they've got one of the best mentalities in football. And I think if Dortmund could only adopt a little bit of their mentality, then they might start winning things again, to be honest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think it was a great shame not to see, um, you know, full strength Bayern versus full strength Dortmund. I think I would have been a proper contest, um, a full 90 minute contest rather than one for 60 odd minutes, give or take. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it is a shame, really, because I think, yeah. Oh, we've still been treated to a great game, let, let's face it. So uh, one, one for the neutrals to really enjoy, soak up what the Bundesliga is all about, attacking each other. Um, but yeah, it's just a shame that Dortmund couldn't, couldn't do that for the full 90, but we move on. Yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, so talking of teams who are really uh, hitting on good form now, we've got a sixth win this weekend in a row for RB Leipzig. And I've got to say, as much as I criticised Dortmund, I've got to say this was a really, really professional performance from Leipzig. And I mean, the first half wasn't great, but I mean, it, as Rory knows, I'm not a big fan of passing out of the back. But once again, <laughs> another team get done by passing out of the back. The goalkeeper from Freiburg sells a shocking um, pass straight to Solod, who then supplies Nkunku. And then, yeah, it's 1-0. And then from then on, for me, it was just an absolute stroll in the park for Leipzig. And I mean, for me, it's very impressive because Freiburg are a good team. You know, Freiburg have been, one of, for me, one of the overachievers of the season. And the other thing I want to say about this game, I've got to say, Alexander Solot, you know, we criticised the guy. For me, he could have been, again, the hero of the week for this week, for the second week in a row. I thought he was really, really good. He got the goal. He got the assist. And I, I just really thought this was a great performance, Rory, from Leipzig overall. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll give Leipzig a bit of praise given that I'm sporting their colours. So I feel, certainly feel that I should do. Um, but it was, it was a tight game, actually, for 40 minutes. I think Freiburg did manage to kind of keep uh, Leipzig to a couple of half chances. I think Olmo might have had a half chance slash shot. Um, so, yeah, they did shoot themselves in the foot just before half time. We've always mentioned the, the killer goal before half time. So, would have sent in Leipzig into halftime with a really good feeling about themselves. And then, yeah, the, the second half is a bit of a procession, but a really thorough job. Um, obviously, the second goal is really good, uh, really good pressing, actually. Uh, Campbell wins the ball inside of the Freiburg half, um, really pressing. I think he wins it off Santa Maria, um, plays in Nkuku, and he's incredibly unselfish to play it across to, to let Solov have another goal up. Um, that's just a really good sign of teamwork as well, really, because I'm sure Nkunku, having already scored, will realise, oh, well, my mate's just scored a really important goal for us last week. His confidence is high. Let's keep on egging him on. Let's keep his confidence high. I'll give him a tap in. And obviously that's happened. And, you know, Solov has got himself a goal there. So that's that's 2-0 and effectively game over. Um, and then the third goal is actually a really nice team goal. I'll be a... Cap one of the only sides in the Bundesliga who are actually capable of this really, really nice football, I have to say. Really neat interchanges inside the final thirds. Uh, ends up with Sorloff, who then um, knocks it back to Forsberg, who who strokes it home yeah. first time. Really nice finish, actually. Um, to then completely kill the game at 3-0. So, yeah, superb performance, I have to say. Um, they're looking really strong again. Um, obviously, they'll, they'll be a bit a bit annoyed maybe that that Bayern were able to to get that uh, the three points in the end and they not maybe share the lead at the top of the table or or be top um but it's certainly game on i mean obviously we're going to we're going to be looking at the the crunch game uh, in a couple of weeks time after the international break when of course RB play uh, Bayern in what will be uh, you know a title deciding game uh, it'll have a huge influence of course so yeah, it'll be really exciting to see. Yeah, a full strength Leipzig go against a full a full strength Bayern. That that'll be a great game, I think. Um, looking ahead, Leipzig. It'll be interesting to see what Leipzig do midweek. Uh, obviously, they're they're two 0 down to Liverpool in the Champions League. I mean, certainly the way that both teams are playing, even though Leipzig are two 0 down, they've surely got to go and have a good uh, have a go at Liverpool. I mean. 
I think Liverpool rested a few this weekend and as a result have been done by by Fulham. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting that. Um, but yeah, back, back to the Bundesliga staff. Great win for Leipzig. Thoroughly professional performance. And uh, well, yeah, who, who knows? Who knows what might happen in the next uh, 10 games or so? They're looking strong. Uh, and yeah, we might have the first ever title for, for RB Leipzig on our hands. Yeah, I mean, for me now, they've just got to see it as like a... It's still in Leipzig's hands as well, remember? Because as you say, they do still play Bayern Munich. So if they win the last 10 games, then they will... I mean, I know it's a big ask, you know, but we've seen teams do it before. Sometimes you have to do this to win these titles. You know, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep winning. And it is in their hands with 10 games to go. And if you'd have given them that at the start of the season, they'd have definitely taken it. And I think for me, we are starting to see a more mature Leipzig side. I mean, I think they had a bit of a blip, like maybe just after Christmas when we started to see the performances drop. And it's not like every week they're winning in this way, but we are they are finding ways, you know, every week. And this week, for me, this is one of their most um, professional performances I've seen this season. And I actually tipped this to be a draw and I just thought they were fantastic, really. As yeah. for Freiburg, though, it was the other side. I think there were obviously there were a lot of mistakes in their individual mistakes. It was uh, they were below the best Freiburg, you know. Yeah. But I mean, you've got to filter that in there. I mean, they were well below the best. Obviously, we've mentioned the mistake. Probably the first two goals were kind of like mistakes, really, I guess. But still, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of it was pressed by the pressing of Leipzig. But yeah, I mean, I think Freiburg, they don't need to worry too much about this because obviously they've had an amazing season. This is obviously they won away at Leverkusen last week. You're not going to win every game. But it's just, uh, yeah, I think they were a little bit off the boil, to be honest, this week. I think this was, for me, this was one of their poorer performances of the season. And it does seem as though they don't like playing RB Leipzig as well, because they have an extremely poor record against Leipzig. So it could be a bit of a head-to-head -head that just doesn't match up well for Freiburg, really, I think. Yeah, what, one very last point on Leipzig, actually. I think um, something I actually wrote about in my recent piece, actually, for, for Over the Bar, is, is in relation to Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann's team selection. He's been massively helped by the fact that the likes of Paulson, Soloff, and even Huang, to a certain aspect, their bigger kind of target men have have come into some form because he was having to try and use, say, Danny Olmo as a false nine. Yeah. I just don't think it really worked. Um, we saw it against Liverpool in the first leg. It just didn't really test the back four as, as they would do when they've got a natural strike on the pitch. So the return to form of those three players, give or take, I mean, that that is really important for RB. So, yeah, it helps Nagelsmann out a lot. Yeah, without doubt. Absolutely. OK, so let's move on to our third feature game, which was probably one of the shocks of the week, really. But then again, I thought Hoffenheim were magnificent in this game. Like I thought we've seen Hoffenheim as a side that have started to, they've grown into the season for me, you know. And I think this was like a culmination of an excellent period of form from the Hoffenheim boys. I mean, I don't think Wolfsburg were bad in this game by any means, but I think Obviously, the, the first goal coming through uh, Baumgartner. I mean, we've talked a lot about Castiles. I mean, there was no saving that one, was there? I mean, he absolutely hammered that one. It, it ricochets down, then up into the back of the net, off the bar. That was a great finish. Then we see a fantastic um, through ball from Schlager, just onside in his own half. At first, I was thinking it must be offside, that one. But then you see that he's still like literally two centimeters inside his own half. Then yeah. Vout Vagos, he does what Vout Vagos does and he buries it comfortably. And then what did you make of the rest of that one then, Rory? 
Yeah, it's an interesting game. It was certainly one I actually expect. They yeah, are fully expected Wolfsburg to win. Um, and yeah, I mean, Baumgartner's opener was a really good strike. I think. I mean, without being horrible to Hoffenheim fans, I, I probably think it's only a matter of time before someone big uh, comes in and, and maybe plucks him from from Hoffenheim. And uh, they should get a really good amount of money for him because he he's a really good player. He's one player that I targeted in one of my articles right at the start of the season as a player to watch. And I think he's had a uh, he's starting to mature into the season. There are times where he's not had his best um, games, but certainly in this game, he was really influential. Um, but yeah, Hoffenheim, after um, after Wolfsburg came back into it, they of course had another chance actually to maybe make it 2-1. I actually expected Wolfsburg to go on and, and take control of this game, but it wasn't the case. Um, uh, I thought Hoffenheim, yeah, played really well. Um, maybe going out of Europe has, has helped them kind of calm down and concentrate more on the Bundesliga a little bit. Um, but I'm sure they wouldn't have been buzzing about going out of the Europa League because I'm sure it would have helped them financially and a little run in a European competition is never a bad thing but um, two assists for, for Kadarebek as well um, his cross this time found Kramerich who does well actually to kind of wrestle the ball under mm. control and, and poke home from close range um, so yeah kind of their key players um, have helped them win uh, a big game uh, in this regard and um yeah, I mean, we've we've obviously got to mention the uh, the crazy uh, tackle uh, at the end of the game as uh, as as Wolfsburg are chasing the game. Of course, they should do, and and, and the keeper Castiles goes up for a corner. Hoffenheim uh, breakout and Dabur, I think it is, who looks like he's clean through on goal, and we see a FIFA like tackle from uh, from Octavio. Uh, Otavio, um scissor kicking or whatever you want to call it, tackling, taking him down uh, for a red card uh, to stop a certain goal from going in. And um, yeah, Mark, well, what did you reckon to that tackle? Do you rate that? Yeah, I mean, it was just, it, to be honest, my first thought was why didn't the striker just put it in? He seemed to want to take forever, didn't he? Like, it's like, I mean, for, he takes it past it, the keepers out of the game completely. You know, and you just think, come on, lad, like hit it. You're a you're a striker. You've got to be able to bury it from like 20. Uh, and he just he seemed to want to walk it in. And next thing you just see like Octavio flying up from the back, you know, and he just like absolutely slides in. And yeah, I mean, but at the same, my initial thought was what an idiot, really, because he's going to miss a game now. You know, he's going to miss a game. And it obviously... Wolfsburg are going for that top four place. But at the same time, if Wolfsburg end up getting in the Champions League places by one goal scored, then they know who to thank. They're going to have to give Otavio a pay rise, I think, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and at the same time, if Hoffenheim miss out on a, yeah, if they miss out on a European place, which they are starting to put a bit of form together now, you know, they miss out on that, then they know who to blame at the same time. Because, I mean, it, they're... Their striker had about five or six chances just to put his foot through that and make it 3-1, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, if, if imagine if Wolfsburg had equalised as well. I mean, that would have caused some scenes, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it was literally there were like 30 seconds left on the clock when that happened. So the game was like more or less dead and buried, but still. I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed this game, though, actually. I thought this was a really good Bundesliga game. This was like classic Bundesliga, both sides going for it. 
I mean, both sides in good form, really, at the moment. I, I'm just, I mean, I want Wolfsburg to get top four, if I'm honest with you, but I'm happy to see Hoffenheim now playing the kind of football that we know that they can do because it's not been an easy season for Hoffenheim for most of it. But we are starting to see like regular improvement now, both in terms of results and performances. And I think, I mean, sometimes you do see Bundesliga teams put these ridiculous runs together and maybe they're not out of a uh, Europa League push again, you know? So it's not impossible with teams like Union dropping points. Obviously, Dortmund still not consistent. So you never know, you know. But yeah, very, very good, enjoyable encounter, this one. Absolutely. Okay, so on to the final. That's the end of our kind of the, the top of the league game. So let's move on to what was another big game towards the bottom of the league, especially with the hosts, Hertha Berlin, who have been having a very, very difficult, underwhelming season, haven't they? Especially given the investment that their board has made into the club over the last 18 months or so. But they did. They finally got their first win in 11 games at home to Augsburg. To be honest with you, I think Augsburg will be kicking themselves out here a little bit. I mean, obviously, they got the goal through Neres. I mean, that was a really nice finish, to be honest, from the Niederlechner assist. Then, I mean, they also they hit the post through Niederlechner as well. I mean, that's really unlucky. The header, which crashes off the post, it looks in all the way. That would have been 2-0. But then, obviously, in that in that um, second half, we see her to come back, Rory. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, it was actually quite quite a nicely worked goal. Um, the Herter equaliser is a, is a ball in behind uh, the Augsburg defence and the reader is able to get onto it and hook hook the ball back in into play. And uh, Pia Tech is there to meet it perfectly with a with a lovely header actually. Um, so I think maybe his fifth or sixth goal of the season. Um, so yeah, I mean obviously very uh, important that your kind of big players such as Piatek are able to contribute. Um, and yeah, it got her to going. I think generally speaking, especially in the second half, they really took the game to Augsburg. Uh, they looked energetic. They looked hungry for the win. Um, so that obviously was really important that they went about things the right way. Um, brought on Lukbakio, um, and he, he was really positive. Um, and late on, it looked like he squandered a great chance as as he missed a header right at the back stick from a lovely cross in actually and it might have been that it was just a, a, a chance wasted for her to, to have won the game but he was able to have the final say because of uh i mean a bit of a clumsy challenge really yeah. um on on Toussaint who who's able to get into the penalty area and the ref no real hesitation in, in obviously awarding the penalty and then look at Bacchio, um obviously confident enough to step up and, and do the honours. So, yeah, huge, huge goal in the context of Hertha's season. Um, obviously, looking looking at how it's helped them in terms of, of the table, you know, it keeps them, uh, as a result of this weekend's games, they're, um, they're two points out of the relegation playoff place, although Armenia do hold that potentially vital game in hand. Um, and pretty much every team in the bottom did pick up points uh, this weekend so it's crucial absolutely crucial that Hertha did get a, you know a really really needed win especially at home considering their struggles in the Olympiastadion um, so yeah really really good performance in the end I thought they showed some really good character after going 1-0 down after just two minutes um, 
I, I mean, I, I had Augsburg on my uh, weekend accumulator and it was looking good for a while until, uh, yeah, until Hertha came back. But yeah, they showed some real character in there. And I mean, they've got the quality. There's no doubt that this Hertha squad have got quality beyond what they are at the moment, which is obviously 15th place. So, I mean, that might galvanise them now and they might go on a little run to get themselves out of trouble. But for now, they're still well, well within trouble, despite a good win. Yeah, and I think another interesting point was we've seen a few changes as well in the Hertha Berlin side. Like we saw the goalkeeper Shvalov dropped uh, for Jarstein as well. So that was quite an interesting point. He had a decent game as well, I think, uh, on his first start. Obviously, as well, we also saw maybe a shot, Matteo Gondosi. Excuse my French, yeah, but yeah, he was also <laughs> dropped, yeah. I mean, he was a big marquee loan signing. For me, he's always been a player that's kind of underwhelmed a little bit. I know he was really highly rated at Arsenal in his early days, and I thought he'd done pretty well in his early days at Hertha Berlin, but he, he's one of those players that just seems to go in really, really bad runs of form, doesn't he? And I mean, he didn't start this week. He was replaced by uh, Askibar. Which, who I think was making his first start this weekend. But then, obviously, Gondosi comes on at half-time, so he, he does have some kind of impact. I mean, he's quite mm -hmm. an industrial midfielder. But, yeah, quite interesting to see that Dardai, now the new Herzberling uh, coach, is starting to make a few changes as well. Because, I mean, this, as you say, also Luca Bacchio, he's usually a starter, but he's mm -hmm. been very, very underwhelming. I think they paid about 20 million euros 18 months ago for him, and it's just been... Not good enough, really, has it, from him mostly. But we've seen Hertha Berlin have a lot of problems from the penalty spot. I think Piotek missed a couple uh, yeah. in January. So they must have been a little bit nervous when they saw that penalty, to be honest. But, I mean, it's a massive... You saw with the celebrations at the end, they know how big that was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they miss that, I mean, it's just like... It's just Groundhog Day, isn't it, if they miss that? So, yeah, I mean, he's put it away really well uh, amid the big celebrations from the Hertha bench. It's a massive win for them. As for Augsburg, I think, yeah, they're, they're pretty much safe, barring like a terrible end of season run. They probably just need another four or five points to be 100% sure that they don't end up in that relegation playoff place. But, yeah, good win for Hertha. I'd like to see them pick up because my early season predictions, I think I had them down for sixth or seventh, yeah, which is a bit <laughs> embarrassing. You know, but yeah, <laughs> let's hope yeah, that they can yeah. pick up for the capital club because it's always important for a, a country to have strong capital clubs. Obviously, we've seen Union Berlin having a really good season and I would like to see her to kick on from here and go on to stabilise themselves into that mid-table area. So that's the end of our feature four for this uh, week so let's uh, round up some of the other games now yeah i think those games were like by quite significantly the best games this weekend actually some of the other games weren't the most entertaining but let's start with um the obviously one of the big games of the week on paper but it was two very off form sides wasn't it with leverkusen's one nil win in gladbach I didn't think this was a great game, to be honest, but I think the result's massive. I mean, it's a massive win for Leverkusen, that one, because it really gives them impetus. And now, with some of the other results this weekend, it's giving them a chance back in with a shout at the top four, Rory. Yeah, definitely. Really big performance. Yeah, I did watch the majority of this game, and I was a bit disappointed, unfortunately. There, I thought because of both teams being slightly off-colour, there might be quite a few goals. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Leverkusen started the brightest without a shadow of a doubt. Diaby was really, really bright, and I thought Damare Gray started quite well. Um, and so they worked in tandem well. Obviously, it was Leon by ba- uh, Leon Bailey rather was uh, suspended, I believe, this weekend, so wasn't able to to contribute. Um, they also had to make a change as well because of Fossi Mentors. Um, really bad injury. Feel really bad for him, obviously, being a Man United fan. Seeing him get a good move to Leverkusen and then having a, a ligament injury like that is really, really horrible news. So hopefully he comes back strongly uh, in due course. But the player who replaced him, Fringpong, who I think is a uh, former Celtic player, uh, I thought he was really good. I, I had seen him in spells, actually, from Celtic and didn't realise he was on Leverkusen's books. So I think he's a very good little player. Um, so, yeah, I thought oh, the two teams, Leverkusen, certainly looked bright. Gladbach started the second half relatively well. Um, it looked as if they might have won themselves a penalty. Um, mm. As Fringpong, as I was just singing his praises, actually gave away a penalty. But luckily, luckily for him, it was uh, chalked off because I think of an offside in the build-up to that. So that doesn't happen. And then, um, yeah, the goal itself, uh, again, it's, uh, it's actually an excellent bit of play from Jonathan Tarr. Uh, from the centre back, he actually wins the ball up really high from good pressing, good aggressive centre half play. Then it finds its way to DRB through on goal, really aggressive, gets a shot away. Good save by Sommer, but it goes in back into the middle of the goal, which is unfortunate for him. And then uh, Patrick Schick is on is on hand. Uh, I think his his finish is probably a bit fortunate because I'm not sure he hits it cleanly. And all the defenders are running the opposite way, anticipating that it's going to go into the other corner and it nestles in. But yeah, important goal and important win for Leverkusen. Gladbach just look done. Yeah, I think it was a case of uh, sometimes the 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 best finishes are the ones that you don't strike too well. You know, as you say, like you often see that miss hit finish ends up in the back of the net because as you say the goalkeeper and defenders they don't know where it's going to go so yeah I mean it turned out to be quite a tidy finish but yeah I totally agree with you Rory that it looked as though it could have been a bit of a uh, fluky one that in a way but yeah okay so uh, moving on from that one uh, on to the Frankfurt one Stuttgart one game I mean this was another uh, this was a pretty good game I think the key moment really the first half was mostly Frankfurt missed a few chances but then I think most of the incident in this game was in the second half, wasn't it? I mean, it's that man, Philip Kostic. I mean, he's had a brilliant season, hasn't he? I mean, for me, as what was a looked like a brilliant team move, actually, starting with Jovic into the centre, across to the fullback, Kostic, who drilled it in. It looked like a really, really good team move. And then it was one of them, wasn't it? It was one of those armpit offside from Jovic. I thought that was a little bit unlucky, to be honest with you, because I like to see those goals given, to be honest with you. I mean, call me a traditionalist. I know it's against the rules, but yeah, I mean, that's a little bit harsh, really, for me. But yeah, they get the goal disallowed. And then, I mean, Stuttgart, they didn't do a lot in this game. It was a different kind of Stuttgart performance. We're used to seeing them very dynamic, scoring a lot of chances. But this was more of a backs-to-the-wall kind of Stuttgart, which we've not seen that much this season. But yeah, I mean, that man, Kaladzic, you know, the long ball forward. And it's a bit of a fluky goal, to say the least. And I think his celebration t- says everything, really. He doesn't he doesn't even see celebrate, really, does he? Yeah. You know, it's a kind of a bit of a fluke, that one. But then less than 60 seconds later, and almost a mirror finish from Kostic as well. It was a mirror mm-hmm. finish, drills yeah. it in from the uh, left side, bangs it in, it's one all. And then, um, yeah, I mean, we were a bit disappointed that Frankfurt didn't go on to win that one in the last 20 minutes, Rory. 
Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. Um, obviously, being a Stuttgart sympathiser, maybe not uh, pleased. Um, I think, I mean, for the last 20 minutes or so, obviously, they soaked up a lot of pressure. I think there was one Jovic header that just went over the bar right on and maybe on about 85 minutes, which is probably about as close they came, I think, to be, to be fair, after the equaliser. So, yeah, I, as you mentioned, I think there, uh, Mark, there probably was a bit of a different Stuttgart performance. I agree. Pleasing from their point of view that they didn't ship a load of goals against a hungry Frankfurt team, obviously wanting to right the wrongs of the previous week uh, from their loss against Werder. Uh, and then Frankfurt, um, yeah, they'll, they'll be frustrated, of course. Uh, the goal, again, I agree. The, the first Kostic goal, I think it's really harsh. Um, you want to see these goals count. And the sooner we get more clarity on the offside rule and maybe a bit more of an advantage for the for the attacking team, then maybe the better. We'll, we'll have to obviously wait and see what, what happens with those sort of rules over the summer, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, credit to Frankfurt. Obviously, they'd be shocked by going down a goal uh, in such a freakish sort of way. Uh, showed great quality. Again, Kostic, uh, a fantastic strike again to get themselves level. And uh, in the context of the weekend's results, it's actually not a bad point for both teams. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to, again, another one of the games that was built up to be a big game, but this one was a little bit disappointing. The Schalke nil, Mainz nil game, yeah. I mean, for me, this game, it just kind of summed up both teams' season, really, especially Schalke. Like, I mean, they were just abysmal, to be honest with you. I mean, as for Mainz, it, it's still not a bad point for Mainz, to be honest, because it, it temporarily took them out of, I think, for the first time since all season, actually. For the first time ever since the very first week, out of that bottom two. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, obviously, they have been replaced back in there again, and courtesy of Bielefeld's draw today. But it's not a bad point for Mainz. But, I mean, do you think this is an opportunity missed against a Schalke side who were just dreadful, weren't they, really? Yes, absolutely a chance missed for me. I thought Mainz, they didn't really take the initiative, especially in the second half. I was kind of waiting to see some more positive substitutions. Uh, the likes of Botius, I think, came on a bit too late in the game. Uh, they weren't able to find their creative players as much as they should have done. Obviously, there's plenty of crosses and, and hard work and plenty of possession. But, I mean, the game was so poor. Um, obviously, from uh, attacking it from both sides, I think, yeah. So, mine's point of view, point gained isn't a bad thing. It's a point in the right direction. But they really needed to win that game. I think that would have put so much pressure on the likes of Hertha and Cologne and Armenia. Because, obviously, it happening on the Friday night brilliant way to start the weekend and put pressure on your relegation rivals um so yeah chance missed for them absolutely uh from the Schalke point of view yeah we build it as last 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 chance saloon um but yeah so they didn't they didn't do enough um they were poor um uh, one player i think i had to give credit to i think klasniac was played in center midfield and i thought he did an industrious performance um, you know, fighting tooth and nail for his team had to come off injured, I think, as well. Um, one of many Schalke players who are injured at the moment. That's just, I mean, doesn't help that they've got pretty much an entire starting eleven who are out injured. Um, and yeah, I mean, it summed it up for me. The commentator on on BT Sport um, said it was referring to Schalke and their chances of um, how this this team would have done 
in two Bundesliga this season and whether they'd even survived in the second division. And it's certainly a bit of a stab at, at, at Schalke and it's not a nice thing to say and, and obviously fans won't thank me for saying or repeating it. Um, but it's a realistic look because they're going to be in the second division next season and they really need to get their house in order. Um, so let's hope that we start to see a refreshed approach, a renewed approach in the last 10 games or so. Can they take some positivity from this nightmare scenario and season and, and use it for next season? Because if not, then, yeah, they will struggle in, in the second division next season. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that one, yeah. So let's move on to uh, the Sunday games. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Cologne had quite a lot of pressure. They might have fancied winning this game, really, you know. But, I mean, obviously, they fell behind in this game against the Verde Bremen side. For me, they do. They seem to be the masters of getting those 1-0 away wins, you know. And, I mean, obviously, they did lead for a good 20 minutes. They looked so they were going to get over the line. But then, obviously, what strikes yet again, but another goalkeeping howler, this time from Yuri Pavlenka of Verde Bremen, Rory. Yeah, well, I was actually thinking so, so far this weekend, we've not seen a goalkeeper stinker, so I don't know who to pick for zero of the week. Um, but lo and behold, it did come in the end. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... It, obviously, they had to do a bit of a VAR check to see that if it wasn't a foul, but obviously they're not given it as a foul, and, right, and rightly so. Um, it's a goalkeeping error, which which gives uh, you know, a very important point for Cologne because... His, you know, his small margins in in relegation battles, and and you know, Cologne might have to send a few uh, few thank thank you notes at the end of the season to Pavlenka for that clangor, because you know, a point might be the difference between a relegation playoff place or not. So important for Cologne that they did that. Uh, yeah, a bit of a evenish game, to be fair. Um, Verda will be disappointed that they can get another another good win there, uh, as you know, Sargent backing up his good form as well, actually. So fair play to him. Um, but yeah, one-one, good good result for both, I guess, in the end. Yeah, yeah. I think my issue with Cologne is that they don't win enough home games. I think that's a really big problem for them. We've mentioned that they have had big big away wins this season. They've won at Gladbach, they've won at Leverkusen, um, and but. I, and also they won at Dortmund as well. They've had three big wins this season away from home. But my, my fear for them is that they just don't win enough home games. You know, they might, they've got one of the worst records in the league at home. And it's just, I still think they'll stay up this year, Cologne. But it's still, you know, it's going to be nip and tuck. And a lot of it's going to depend on how the other teams below them do. They've got a little gap, which is important at that level. The goal difference isn't too bad as well. But, I mean, you're probably just looking for them. You know, they might still need another two, two, three wins this season maybe to stay up. They should be able to get that. But, you know, they've got to push on with that home form. That's for sure. Okay, and then a final, a second nil-nil. We're not used to nil-nils in the Bundesliga. That We really don't get many at all, you know. But, yeah, we've had two this weekend. And the second one came between Bielefeld and uh, slightly off-form Union Berlin. But, yeah, I mean... I, the main thing I want to talk about in this game, Rory, is obviously the sacking of uh, Uwe Neuhaus on the 1st of March, uh, obviously, last week. I mean, 
to me, this is just a brutal decision, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a man who's brought Bielefeld up against all odds last season because they weren't one of the favourites to come up, you know? Yeah. And I mean, for me, they've competed nobly, really, this season. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they are the third from bottom, but I mean, what, what more do you expect, you know? You, you've spent your biggest, your marquee signing was Van der Horn from Swansea, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> I mean, that was the marquee signing, and he doesn't even get in the team, yeah. you know? So, I mean, what, surely, I mean, this is a brutal decision, Rory, surely. Yeah, uh, for me, it's it's mixed thinking from the board that because they're a Bundesliga team, now they're a big deal, so to speak. Uh, I think the expectations of the board have gone too high, uh, and I completely agree. I think to be in a relegation playoff place with 10 games to go, if you'd offered them that at the start of the season, surely they would have taken that. They were odds on to be rock bottom this season. Pretty sure we both backed them to be 18th and not a single place or point higher. Uh, and you're right, they have competed nobly. They've really struggled with goals. I mean, they've only scored two more goals than Schalke. Um, they, they have struggled in front of goal. That, that's obviously, uh, they're lacking a bit of quality in that regard. They've rarely been thumped, other than maybe a few games um, here and there. I think maybe they shipped five against Frankfurt when Frankfurt were really hot. But that's, again, yeah, that's to be expected. Draw A 3-3 three, three draw against the champions out of the Allianz. Uh, I mean, uh, what, what else is the manager supposed to be able to produce? So, yeah, completely agree. I think it's a terrible decision. And if they get relegated, then they've only got themselves to blame. I mean, they've sacked him, as you say, only two weeks. Actually, no, just over a week after the that famous draw in Munich. You know, I mean, that that could have been. They were inches away from one of the most famous results probably in their history. There, you know. Mm -hmm. And I mean, then obviously they lose uh, against Dortmund on the Saturday, and he's gone on the Monday. I mean, this is just. I, you never know. There could be something behind the scenes. Maybe they've fallen out over something. Maybe Neuhaus has said, look, you've not backed me enough or something, you know. So with the with these sackings, it's not always a traditional you're fired kind of thing. Sometimes it's more of a mutual agreement, maybe. the But it officially went down as a sacking. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, and then, obviously, Frank Kramer coming in to replace him. He... Um, after a quick bit of research about him, I didn't know much about him before. He was actually working at RB Salzburg before that. Yeah. Seems as though a lot of German clubs, they kind of handpick these guys from Salzburg, don't they? They mm -hmm. seem to be like, not only for players, but they seem to be a feeder club for coaches as well, really, Salzburg. Yeah. It's like the director of Salzburg. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a good point for him today. It's a good. It is a good point because at the end of the day, Union Berlin is seventh. It's yep. a great point, yeah. What did you make a lot of that game, Rory? Did you see much of it? Uh, I, I didn't see much of it, but uh, yeah, I agree. I think um, obviously Union a bit off colour at the moment, so I think it was an ideal opportunity for Armenia to pick up some points. Generally speaking, there is a bit of a bounce when, when teams change managers. Uh, obviously, in this circumstance, obviously it doesn't really seem like it was a, a valid kind of sacking or, or removal of the manager. Um so, yeah, it's a point in the right direction. At the end of the day, they were in the relegation zone, uh, the bottom two before this game. So a point does take them back into the slightly more comfortable position of the relegation playoff place. Not that that's comfortable at all. But, uh, yeah, it could well be a key key point by the end of the season. So, yeah, the Bielefeld would be much more pleased than Union will be. 
Absolutely. So let, let's round up uh, this week's show by having a look at the hero and zero of the week. So Rory, do you want to introduce the hero? Yeah, I do indeed. Um, and I, I think it would be fairly criminal of us not, not to select this individual for hero uh, of the week because of his hat trick uh, and his hand in winning the classic. The hero of the week is indeed Robert Lewandowski. Um, and yeah, the, the Polish striker looking on course to potentially break a goal scoring record for most goals in a Bundesliga season. And uh, me and Mark have even said that we've not even seen an on-form Lewandowski yet. So that is scary in <laughs> itself. But yeah, his, his role and, and, and uh, cru uh, crucial kind of points of being in the right place at the right time and, and always punishing his old club Dortmund. So yeah, Lewandowski is indeed the hero of the week. So uh, over to Mark to, uh, to go through the, the zero very quickly. Yeah, so the zero, I don't think there were any real clangers. I mean, obviously, we mentioned Pavlenka's uh, customary goalkeeping error, but we thought this week there was a bigger error than a goalkeeping error, which has not been often this season in the Bundesliga. But, yeah, I mean, it's got to be Paolo Atavio of Wolfsburg. I mean, the main reason why I think uh, he was the zero this week is because, obviously, he's going to have a suspension, and the game was pretty much over anyway. So I guess you could say it's a kind of wasted suspension. But as mm -hmm. we mentioned before, he could end up being the hero of the season for Wolfsburg if Wolfsburg qualify for the Champions League by one goal. In that case, I think he's going to get knighted as player of the season. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously it was uh, it was one for the cameras, really, wasn't it? That that kind of challenge. It's the kind of thing you see on the kind of comedy videos. Uh, he runs the length of the pitch to like slide in on the striker. But yeah, I mean, that that's enough to get Paolo Ottavio a kind of comedy zero of the week this week. I think. So, yeah, so that rounds up the show for this week. So let's just uh, close off by having a look at the Twitter feed. So, yeah, at Over the Bar FB, you can see everything football related, the League One show, everything that we produce here with the Bundesliga show. So, yeah, keep checking out for that. And obviously also our website, otbfootball.net. Obviously, that's the kind of centerpiece of the work we do at Over the Bar. So check out for everything. Follow us on Twitter. And obviously, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. But thanks again for joining us for another entertaining week of Bundesliga action. And we will see you again for the prediction show.